always work together Going to another level It ain't nobody mad but the devil, no It's your time You go ahead and shine It's your time You go ahead and shine It's your time Well, happy Sunday, and Sundays are for sermons, and so this is Loving God and Loving People, Part 2. Feel free to check out Episode 35, which features um, Part 1 of Loving God and Loving People, and moving forward, I am committed to doing a sermon, at least one sermon per month. I'm looking at doing it on the first Sunday of each month, and also stick around to the end for a spoken word piece by my brother in Christ, Lo the Poet. And the title is This is 2020. And you can just tell from the title that it is going to be an amazing spoken word piece. I will leave his Instagram link so you can check out more of his content. And lastly, today's intro and outro music came to you from my from some of my brothers in Christ, Jordan Scott and Gavin Hughes, and also left their link below as well. Um, I really desire to use my platform to uplift other Christian influencers. So I'll pray and we're going to jump right into the sermon. So, Lord, I just pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My rock, my Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Speak, Lord. Encourage your people in Jesus name. Amen. So last week we talked about what does it look like to love God? And today we're jumping right back in. What does it look like to love others? And so verse 39, we're in Matthew chapter 22. Verse 39 says, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. I promise you. Episode 35, listen to that first and it will all make sense. This still makes sense without it, but it's the full picture. So a lot of times in church, we tend to look over the phrase where it says, love your neighbor um, as yourself. We, We always highlight love God. We always highlight love others. And nothing is wrong with that because those are the great commandments. But we can't leave out the phrase as yourself. Now, this is not a third commandment, but rather it's a gracious reminder that we should love ourselves. And and I, I, I get it. We shouldn't go overboard with self-love or be selfish, only caring about the needs and the wants and the concerns of ourselves. But I do believe now we should have a healthy love for ourselves that can be manifested in the following ways. So, so some people call it self-love. Some people call it self, self-care. But we see here, the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we love ourselves? The first way that we should love ourselves, we got to remember whose we are. And we're talking about identity here that you are, friend, you are a child of the king to you that's listening. You are God's masterpiece, his handmade masterpiece. That when God was doing his creation thing in Genesis, um, everything that God created, he created it with his words. But when God got to humanity, when God got to you and when God got to me, he said, let us make man in our image. He didn't speak us into existence, but we was formed and shaped. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are literally God's handiwork. And friends, uh, we, we, we love ourselves by finding our identity, 
our value, our worth in Christ and Christ alone. Too often, if we're not careful and we, we can find our identity in our relationship status, we'll find our identity, our value, our worth in the amount of followers we have or the views we get or the likes or the downloads or the zeros in our account or whether we get the degree or the, get the job. And if we're not careful and we find our identity in these horizontal fleeting things, these things will leave us empty. That's why one of the ways that we can love ourselves is by finding our identity, being intentional with this, finding our identity, our value, and our worth in the vertical things, in the everlasting things, and finding it in Christ and in Christ alone. Now, you need to love yourself, and I'm going to get preaching. You need to love yourself by forgiving yourself. Now, if God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the creator of this universe has forgiven you, who are you? Not to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Now, we also should forgive others. I've heard it said like this, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and you hope the other person die. In other words, unforgiveness doesn't hurt anybody but yourself. And so that's a way that we can love ourselves. We love ourselves by disconnecting from toxic people that mean us no good. You are the CEO of your life. And so you should hire and fire relationships accordingly. Now, I'm all about love and forgiveness and reconciliation, but sometimes a person's time is simply up in your life. It doesn't mean they're a bad person or, you, or you're a bad person, but maybe no, you guys no longer are a good match for each other, whether it's uh, platonic or romantic. So disconnect from toxic people. If every time you interact with a certain person, you feel um, drained and there's nothing but gossip and pain and shame, it's time to let that person go. Now, you also love yourself by taking care of your body. Now, God has given us one body. We, we, we don't get another one. It's God's temple. And so we take care of ourselves. We take care of our body. We love ourselves. Uh, we demonstrate self-love and self-care through rest, through learning to say no, to having white space on our calendars and our planners and reducing our to-do list. Now, God is omnipresent, but we're not. So it's okay for God to be everywhere at all times, of course, but we don't need to be everywhere at all times. So learn as you say no, and then exercise and diet. We got to take care of this one body once again, and sometimes self-care, self-love, and loving ourselves in a healthy and balanced way looks like asking for help or maybe even seeing a Christian counselor. I see a Christian pastor slash counselor. Um, my goal is to see him once a month, and that's very helpful. And counseling doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you're human and you just want to make sure everything is going right with you. And ultimately, we love ourselves by spending time with the father in his face and at his feet like Mary did. Because self-care, self-love, loving ourselves goes beyond the face mask, the pedicure, the manicure, the vacation, the shopping spree, the retail therapy. But really is spending time with God in the word and in prayer, because time with God is the way that you can be truly restored and truly refreshed. So from a healthy love for yourself, once again, keyword healthy, not vain, not selfish, but from a healthy love for yourself springs a healthy love for others. Now, John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35 says this. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. 
just as I have loved you. Um, John goes on to say, but this sign in one of the epistles, first John chapter four, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Now, I this is real people, real talking. I know it's Sunday, but if we if you truly are saved and you have received God's love, then you should give and share that love with others. Now, this this topic of loving our neighbor is especially essential, if you will, and very important during this election season. Can I get an amen to the to, to you that's listening right now? Jesus commands us to love our neighbor. Jesus commands us to love one another, period. Despite a person's color or background or political view, God wants us to love him. All right. To love that person, love him or to love her. Now, picking up with the scripture and the scripture is the best part of any sermon because it's God's words directly through inspired men and women. And so anyone who does not love God does not know God. Ooh, yeah, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved, not that we have loved God, but that God loved us and he sent his son, Jesus, to be propitiation for our sins. Now, propitiation, I'm pretty sure that's not a word unless you are a um, theologian. You probably don't use that word in your everyday vernacular, but propitiation means that which appeases anger and brings reconciliation with someone who has a reason to be angry. Continuing on with the scripture. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We love because he first loved us. Oh, that's good right there, y'all. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So we see here that love really isn't an option, but a command. You can't love God the Father, but hate his children. Let me say that one more time. You can't love Father God and hate his children. I give you an example. I have an older brother, um, Leonard Jr., and my sister, Kelly, uh, and, and my parents. Um, let's say that I'm not walking in love towards my siblings. I'm 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 hateful towards them. I'm holding on forgiveness. I'm rude to them. Whenever they speak to me, I don't speak to them. And I'm just not walking in love. Insert other rude, terrible things. Now, if I'm treating my siblings badly, that displeases the heart of my parents, that displeases the heart of my father. And so when we, especially as Christians in the body of Christ, when we're not walking in love with our brothers, our sisters in Christ, our siblings in Christ, if you will, it displeases the heart of the father. Since God is love, the absence of love indicates an absence of fellowship with God. 
it indicates that you don't know him like you claim that you do. Now, let's get practical. How can we demonstrate our love for others? We were practical. I was practical. And I gave you ways in loving God and loving um, others. Part one, episode 35. I gave you specific ways that we can love God. I also gave specific ways and and, and demonstrations of how God loves us. And to, today I've, I've shown you how we can love ourselves. And now, lastly, I'm going to show you how we can love others. Now that others refers to. You see the word others or another or brother or neighbor. So that's your family, your friends, your co-workers, your church members, even strangers, and even your enemies. And with enemies, sometimes you need to just love them from a distance. But we are to love those that don't look like us. We are to love those that don't speak the same language that we speak or vote in the same political way that we vote or worship how we worship. God calls us to love others. Now, the Apostle Paul penned the best words when it comes to love. First Corinthians chapter 13, it says that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Verse six, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. I love those words that tells us about love. Love is sacrificial. It will cost you time. Sometimes it'll cost you money. It'll be inconvenient. It can be um, interrupting in your life. And love really means that you are pursuing the well-being of others. Now, we also can love others with intentional conversation. I'm about to make it plain before I land the plane. All right. And so intentional conversations by asking our people in our lives, how are you doing? And I know sometimes I'm, I'm from Mississippi. I'm currently residing in Houston. Um, a lot of times Southern hospitality and Southern culture and maybe other places, but I can just speak from my vantage point. We can say, how are you doing? And, you know, a person will say, oh, we're good. Um, how are you? Good. And, and just kind of keep it moving. And then even so in the church culture, we can say, hey, how you doing? We say, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. But I feel like sometimes we should normalize asking people, how are you doing? And then once they give the churchy answer or the Southern hospitality answer, we follow up and say, no, how you, how you really doing? And then you listen to that person. Ways that I, I show my love to others is by asking people, um, not only how are you doing, but how can I pray for you? And then going beyond just saying, how can I pray for you? But actually praying for them <laughs> and then actually following up with their prayer request that shows love, care and concern and also learning and remembering names, especially for me as a pastor, like learning people names is important and not just as a pastor, but that expresses concern and care once again. Now, we also show love. To one another, as the Bible tells us that we are to rejoice when others rejoice. In other words, we should celebrate the victories and the wins of others as if they were our own. The Bible says to weep with those that weep. And so there, there are times that we show love to to others by allowing them to vent, um, sympathizing and empathizing them and empathizing with them to the best of our abilities and loving others about to get real, y'all. Well, even more real, um, but correcting people, 
The Bible says to speak the truth in love. The Bible also says in Proverbs 3 and 12, the Lord reproves, disciplines him whom he loves. As a father, a son in whom he delights. Sometimes, please hear me out, friend. Sometimes the best way that we can love, that we can demonstrate our love for someone else is by graciously confronting their sinful, destructive behavior. If there are people in your lives that are are walking down the wrong path and we don't say anything, is that really love? And it's a way to do it. We can speak the truth in love and pray about it. And the Lord will lead you how to have those difficult but necessary conversations. We also love by freely forgiving and not gossiping. Um, The Bible says in Proverbs 17 and 9, whoever covers an offense seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So we have to be careful that we're not gossiping and spreading toxic rumors about others. Then we got to be very careful because sometimes we'll do that and we'll hide that under the disguise of, oh, this is just a prayer request. We got to be even careful with our prayer requests that they don't turn into gossiping. But that's another sermon for another day. We show love to others by expressing gratitude. And that could be a thank you letter. That could be a just because card. It could be a text um, just to cheer somebody up. So you fill in the blank. You do some kind gesture. And so loving others boils down to sharing, giving, and serving. We can love our neighbor by meeting a need. Scripture is crystal clear. Um, if we see a person in need, a brother in need, a sister in need, and we have the means to help him, but we don't, uh, maybe our love for God should be questioned. Like love, like I say, love is going to cost you something. Love costs Jesus his life. Jesus didn't just give us lip service and say, oh, I love you, but it cost him his very life. He gave his life to demonstrate his love. And to me, y'all, man, y'all, y'all hit the Texas in me to, to, to me, y'all, but yes, the greatest way that we can show somebody else that we love them is by sharing the gospel with them, sharing the love of God with them. Hashtag the Great Commission. The best thing you can do for somebody that you love is to point them to Jesus, to bring them to Jesus. I'm reminded of a story, I believe it's in Mark chapter two. It was this lame guy who, who wasn't able to walk and his friends, they went the extra mile. They picked him up and carried him to Jesus. Jesus was in the house and because Jesus was in the house, the house was packed out. So the friends, they didn't give up. They went the extra mile and love goes the extra mile, but they climbed up the roof. They tore the roof off and um, lowered their friend down so he can meet Jesus and be healed. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a lesson on friendship and relationships and love as well. That the greatest form of love is pointing somebody to Jesus. Now, John 13 and 35 says, by this, we're talking about love. You would know that you um, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It doesn't say people are going to know that you love people are going to know that you are my disciple by your bumper sticker or by the cross that you wear on your your chest or on your chain or by voting um, Democrat or voting Republican. Um, that's not how people are going to know that we are disciples. The Bible is very clear. John 13 and 35, that people are going to know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I've heard it said like this, that love is the culture of the kingdom 
And therefore, love is a trademark of Christianity. True Christianity boils down to love. Last scripture. This has been good. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love. I just want to challenge you as you go into this week or whatever day that you listen to this to be intentional in showing your love to others. So this has been um, part two in this, this mini sermon series of loving God and loving others. And we've demonstrated how God loves us, how we should love him back, how we should love ourselves in a healthy and balanced way and how we should love others. I'll leave you with this. When we are loving God, that means we have our vertical relationship intact. And when we are loving others, we have our horizontal relationship intact. So loving God is your vertical. Use your sanctified imagination with me. But loving God is your vertical. Loving others is your horizontal. And that horizontal and vertical line forms across. So when you're loving God and loving his people, that's when you're most like Christ. So I just want to encourage exhort and admonish you to truly love God and to love others. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you so much for listening. I don't take it for granted at all. Every single listener, I am so grateful for whether it's one or a thousand or a million. I am grateful for you. All right. So Wednesdays are for conversations that inspire. And this Wednesday, we're talking about all things friendships. We we did a, a couple of episodes in the past about relationship goals. But this Wednesday, we are talking about friendship goals. How do you find good friends? What does a healthy friendship look like? But enough about that. You just got to tune in. So be sure to share this episode with somebody. You can screenshot it and post it on your Instagram. You can text the link and share it with your friends or there's share buttons, depending on what app that you're in. You can share it to your social media or with your friends. I would really appreciate that. That probably will take you um, 30 seconds and not mean that much to you, but it will mean a lot to me that you would share this good content with others. But now I'm going to conclude with the spoken word piece by Low the Poet. This is 2020. This is 2020. This is 2020. What a year. What a collection of weeks we've had to wade through. What day is it anymore? I admit I've lost track. Too busy keeping count of all the loved ones I have not seen. They're here, but they're not. Distance only makes the heart grow colder. To be sheltered in our places, surrounded by isolation, we've never seen a disease wreak havoc in so many different ways. Quarantine threatens to take what the virus leaves behind. We're here, but we're not. Been wearing hand-me-down smiles from last year. 2020 been generous with burdens I don't know how much more I can take Depression is a hungry beast Roaming freely Hard to keep convincing it that I am not a snack Hard to keep convincing this country that our skin Is human, that my blood Owes nothing to the ground Will water no seeds, still we watch Our lives spill onto a lamb and don't know How to call us human Still watching our kin slain Still young, with not enough trips around the sun To learn the nuance of seasons We watch them turn to lifeless droughts Dust of lungs scorning the inhale that never came They claim they can't breathe We're here, but where are we? Is this the world we've known? 
Is there a normal to go back to? A place where peace still flows? Can it douse the fire of rage? What hope can damn up the eyes and keep these tears from falling? Perhaps not. Perhaps there's no normal for us to return to, but we can build one. Our desire for change firm as bricks. Our longing for community, the mortar. We'll see graves turn to gardens. Distance turn to runways. I miss yous. Turn into glad your backs. We will call this anguish the flame that it is. We use it to set anything that tries to divide us ablaze. We'll brand ourselves in love. Hatred will not fuel this fire. Night will come, but darkness will not claim our mourning. Pain won't claim this year. 2020 will be remembered, but we'll decide what it's remembered for. They'll remember that we were here, that we didn't fall apart, but we stood in unity. They'll remember that we were here, that we wouldn't be silent, but our voices became a catalyst for change. They'll remember that we were here. We were here. We were here. We were here. And we brought a future with us. Ain't nobody mad, but the devil.